Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out, or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE, or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. This is the Jesse Kelly Show.
1941, June. Soviets have had about enough of this Nazi crap. Operation Barbarossa time. That is the operation of Germany invading the Soviet Union. And the Soviets have got to do something about it because, well, they're in a bit of trouble. This Nazi army's pretty well equipped. Good generals motoring on through. And so the Soviets do the odd move of reaching out to the Poles. Now, understand this. At this time, there is no Poland. Poland is divided between Nazi Germany and the Soviet Union, making this got it had to be one of the most awkward phone calls in the history of mankind. Nevertheless, the Soviet Union reaches out to Poland and gives the gives them the Soviet version of look. Okay, maybe all that invading your country bit wasn't the best course of action. But let's both agree the Nazis are not great. And when I say reach out to the Poles, I understand I'm talking about the remote Polish government. They were, the Polish government in Poland was gone, so they had to set up a Polish government outside of their own country waiting for their chance to come back. So Stalin reaches out. Hey, I hate Nazis. Don't you hate Nazis? And the Poles were like, yeah, I, I'm. I hate Nazis, but I, I hate you too. Well, let's let bygones be bygones. Why don't you join us, the Soviet Union? We'll join together and we'll fight these Nazis. We'll kill Nazis. And then, look, once all that's done, we'll just let bygones be bygones and forget about all that invading you mess. And Poland says, you know what? I don't like it, but I'm in. Let's do it. And Stalin says, all right, man, sounds good. I'll, I'll talk to you later. And the Poles are like, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on. Real quick before you hang up the phone, um, you need us to help you fight the Nazis. I get that, but here's the problem. You have about 15,000 of our military officers in captivity. Can you go ahead and send those back? And there's just silence on the other end of the line. And the polls are all, um, do I, is this, is this thing on? Do I have a bad connection? Can you send back the 15,000 officers that you have in captivity and Stalin's all officers? I don't, oh, we don't have those anymore. I'm sorry. You, you don't have those anymore. Yeah. They must've escaped or something. We lost them. Thus ended that relationship pretty quickly. You see, a couple years earlier, they didn't lose them. In the worst massacre you've never heard of in your life. You ever tell a racial joke? An ethnic joke? A dumb blonde joke? A your mom's fat joke? You know, we have all these jokes. Swap them between your buddies. <laughs> I got a Mexican buddy of mine. His neighbor sends me a Mexican word of the day joke. It's always inappropriate. I feel bad laughing, but sometimes it's funny. He thinks they're hilarious. You ever hear of a Polish joke? 
They're not that big anymore, but for decades, it was hilarious to tell Polish jokes about how stupid and uneducated Polish people were. I can remember as a child hearing them and telling them, you don't know what it means. I didn't know anything about Poles, Poland. I mean, we're talking six, seven, eight years old. Ha ha ha, Polish people are dumb. That's funny. Probably have heard them yourself. It's about to get a whole lot less funny. Let me tell you a little story. You see, Hitler hated, and I do mean hated, communists. It's widely known he purged them, murdered them from his own government. The Nazis, when they took over, there was actually a decent percentage of communists in, you know, the German, what you would call Congress. And there weren't, they weren't there for very much longer. Hitler hated Stalin with a passion, hated Russians, hated Jews. That's no secret. Russia, the Soviets, hated Hitler. It was just a mutually agreed upon hatred. They hated each other. But because they're both world-class scumbags, they decided that let's, let's set aside all that hatred for a moment. We have all these countries in between us. And you want them, and I want them, and we both know France ain't going to do anything about it. Let's be honest, Britain isn't really going to do anything about it. Why don't we just take them? Why don't we set aside our hatred for each other and take them? Lithuania, Poland, I mean, all these things. And they came to an agreement. It was actually an official agreement. It was called the Molotov Ribbentrop Pact. You know the Molotov cocktails you see all the time where someone has a bottle of flammable liquid and they throw it on things? It was named for that guy Molotov. He was a Soviet. And in this pact, it was, you know, just a non-aggression pact on its surface. However, there was a hidden part of the pact that they didn't advertise to the world for obvious reasons. And that hidden part of the pact said, yeah, we're going to just take all these little countries in between the two of us because we can and who's going to stop us. And part of that split was Poland. Hitler hated, hated Poland because Poland was packed full of Jews. Stalin hated Poland for a different reason. There were plenty of Jews in power in various places in Russia. Stalin hated Poland, well, because it was Poland. Poland was independent of Russia. Poland at this time was a republic. This is a time when the world was still shifting. Stalin didn't like republics. Hitler didn't like republics. He didn't like the Poles. And they did. Everybody knows the date. First of September, Hitler rolls on into Poland, takes the western half. 17th of September, Stalin rolls on into Poland, takes the eastern half. And now they have it. And you know the story of what Hitler did in Poland to the Polish Jews. Everybody knows this story, as you should. But what's sad, and this is human nature, I do it, you do it, we all do it, we lack the ability oftentimes to focus on other really big things that are happening 
when there's one big thing happening. I know you understand that Stalin and the Soviet regime, I know you understand they were bad. Everybody gets that. Nobody was rooting for Stalin. Because of the sheer evil of Hitler and the Nazis, you you don't hate Stalin as much as you should hate Stalin. You don't understand the evil of communism as much as you should. A lot of that's because the Nazis were so bad. Let's be honest. A lot of that's the current American education system. An American education system that, shall we say, is uniquely invested in making sure you don't hate communism that much. You talk to kids educated in public education today, have you? You know when they start wrapping up their world history segment? About the time World War II ends. About the time the communists started murdering 100 million people. Ah, you know what? I think we're all done here. Sounds good. Oh, we don't have to go into all that. So some mistakes were made. Doesn't mean collectivism's bad. Now, they split up Poland. Stalin has a unique interest in eastern Poland. His interest is having the people in eastern Poland be good little Soviets. And what do you need if you want people to be good little Soviets? I'll tell you in a sec. Joseph Stalin, if you're a dirty commie and you want to expand your sphere of influence, well, you have to do that thing that leftists do. Let's be honest. This is what communists have done throughout history. Since communism became a thing, I should say, you have to get rid of the people who disagree with you. And you have to get rid of the people who think for themselves. Pol Pot, you remember Pol Pot? All the people Pol Pot executed? Pol Pot used to execute you if he found eyeglasses in your home because he assumed that meant you read and he didn't want intelligent people. So on top of all the Polish officers that had surrendered to the Soviet army. Stalin rounded up university professors, physicians, lawyers, engineers, teachers, writers, journalists, anybody with any level of education. He began to round them up and put them in prison camps. You remember those Polish jokes I told you I was about to ruin for you? Do you know the origin of those Polish jokes? Ever heard of Joseph Goebbels? Yeah, the Nazi propagandist. He came up with that. He came up with a Nazi propaganda machine that would spread to the world that Poles were inferior, stupid people. The Soviets agreed to go along with it 
and began to carry that propaganda around the world that the so that the polls were stupid inferior people as a quick side note you know who picked up with that picked up on that and ran with it the leftists in hollywood you want to know why you as an american have heard polish jokes Because the leftists in Hollywood picked up the Soviet and Nazi propaganda about Poles being inferior and stupid, and they ran with it. And not only did the Soviet Union run with it, well, they decided they were going to go ahead and make it happen. If we're going to tell the world that the Poles are a bunch of morons, well, let's go ahead and knock this out. You see, they gathered everybody up in these prison camps, and I should tell you, This one was heavy when I was doing some reading on it. And it was heavy because the stories get harder to read when you get a personal touch out of it. There were a couple letters back and forth between a man, 43 years old, who'd been taken captive by the Soviets and put in one of these camps. And his wife had a wife, kids. She had escaped with the kids. She wrote him a letter about how they're not starving. They have bread and milk, but they're certainly, they're hard up. Things are really dark right now, and it was difficult to read. And then you, then you can read his letter back to her about being in the prison camp. And you can tell he's trying to put a sunny side to it, and everything's going to be okay. And I really want our daughters to learn foreign languages and and things will be fine. And don't worry. This is the way things go for now. And I'm doing a lot of reading here. And she never saw him again. In fact, nobody knew what happened to him for decades. You see, right about the time the Soviets and the Nazis were having a good old time spit-roasting Poland, telling the whole world that Poland... Poles were idiots. Well, the Soviets decided to be a little bit more proactive, and they enlisted the help of the biggest murderer in the history of mankind, and you don't even know his name. When I say biggest murderer, I'm, talking, I'm not talking about someone who ordered people murdered. I'm not even talking about, you know, the pilot who dropped a nuclear bomb on a city. I'm talking about the man who, by his own hand, fired a bullet into more people than anyone else in the history of the world, and it's not even particularly close by any record I can find, and you don't even know his name because of the Nazis. He was a Soviet. He worked for the NKVD, the Soviet secret police, and his name was Vasily Blokin. Vasily Blokin approached his job with a certain vigor, you would say, and they decided that they didn't need these 22,000 Polish prisoners anymore. We didn't need these, right? After all, these are a bunch of pilots and university professors and officers in the military and physicians and lawyers, and we can't have, we certainly can't have thinking people. And look, it's just us here. There's no law. We are the law. Who's going to complain? The Nazis? Let's just get rid of them. So they dug trenches. 
90 foot by 50 foot trenches. And they decided we would need to do this quickly and we need to do this quietly. They didn't want to advertise the fact that they were war criminals like these dirty Nazis were. Remember, they still hated each other. Well, Vasily Bloken has a solution for that. It's just murder, right? So he builds an underground bunker, you would call it, an underground room. This underground room has a sloped floor that leads down to a drain. The room was painted red. The room also had a hose, a garden hose, installed in it. Vasily Bloken, very mindful of the fact he did not want to get caught committing these war crimes, chose to carry around a suitcase of Nazi pistols. Not German pistols. There were two different reasons for this. One, should he ever get caught or should the bodies be found? He wanted to make dang sure it was pinned on the Nazis. And two, the Soviet pistols had a heavier caliber. It was a higher caliber round. And your hand would start to hurt after only shooting 10 to 12 rounds. And well, like I said, Vasily Bloken had no intention of only firing 10 to 12 rounds. We got, we got work to do. And he took 7,000, 7 of the 22,000. Well, here's what happened. Vasily Bloken was standing in this room, in this bunker room. He had on a leather butcher's apron. He had on leather gloves. The Polish prisoner, the Polish prisoner who surrendered, Completely innocent of anything, oftentimes innocent of anything except for being a doctor, had his hands cuffed behind his back, led down into the room, placed on his knees, bam, bullet in the back of the head. Only they had a system. You see, we are on a serious time crunch here. We're not going to make a big thing out of this, a long ceremony out of this. So we're going to churn them and burn them through here. Vasily Bloken had an entire staff. He had staff to handcuff them. He had staff to lead them in. He had staff to carry the body out as soon as he fired the bullet into the back of their head. And they carried them out to waiting trucks that were running, loading them up, killing 350 men a day. Only it wasn't just a day. There was an added element to this, making it even more terrible. Hang on a sec. Seven thousand people murdered by the same guy in one month, and they only did it at night. And they only did it at night, so nobody would know. And after they loaded them in the truck, they drove them out to those big trenches I told you about. 
and stacked them in the ditches 12 layers high and buried them in a forest. And the worst thing is they didn't tell anybody forever. It's actually kind of funny, believe it or not, the Nazis are the ones who found the trenches first. Remember that propagandist, Goebbels? Uh, he found them. He got word about them, and he said, uh, the Soviets are totally going to blame this on us. We need to get out in front of this because we didn't do this. Can you imagine Goebbels being like, hey, this war crime wasn't ours. Uh, somebody. The Soviets denied it until 1990. The Soviets denied it, finally acknowledged it. I think sometimes a lot about, as morbid as a thought as this is, I think about how many people were in ditches like that from the various wars and various things like that that never have their story told that we never found. That's a major one, right? I mean, we we heard about that, and it took four or five decades to hear about it. And there were all these investigations, and Stalin was all, that oh, wasn't us. I don't know what happened to him. Those were shot with German pistols. Clearly, it was the Nazis. And nobody even knew about that story. Very few people knew about that story. Did you know? You probably didn't until I just told you about it. Because what do you know about World War II? The Nazis. The Holocaust. It's the Nazis. It's the Holocaust. We tend to ignore. It's human nature. We tend to ignore anything except for the new shiny object. Coronavirus is a pandemic. It is a really Really serious pandemic. It's killing people. It's nowhere near as serious as they made it out to be. Don't get me wrong. But it's a serious pandemic. It's killing Americans. We should care about it. We should focus on it. It's a big deal. There are other things happening right now in the United States of America, in the world itself, that are really, really, really big deals, and we really should be paying more attention to them. Reports were last night that Kim Jong-un of North Korea, that horrible, frumpy dictator piece of crap, that he was on his deathbed. Then South Korea and China both said, no, he's not on his deathbed. People are still going back and forth on this, and who knows? It's a secretive regime. We don't need that right now. And in case you're wondering, no, I'm not uh, cheering for Kim Jong-un. I hope he drowns in his own lung fluid, and I hope it takes a while. But Kim Jong-un doesn't have an heir. North Korea is a nuclear power. And be very, very careful cheering on the downfall of a dictator. Because how many times throughout history have you done that? And you got something much, much, much worse. That's one aspect to what we're seeing. Another aspect we're not talking near enough right now about right now because it's not sexy. It gets nerdy. 
It's not the shiny object in the room. Yes, we have lots of people dead from coronavirus. Do you have any idea how much we're completely shifting the United States economy from small businesses to big businesses? As the small businesses die and the big businesses survive, where does the talent go? Where does the market go? Well, talent goes somewhere, right? I mean, you're you might maybe you're out of work as you're listening to me. Do you, yeah, you may love the small business you worked for. Um, mama still got to eat. Kids still got to eat. If Amazon's the only one hiring and my family's got to eat, that's where I'm going, and that's a huge societal shift because half of the GDP of the United States of America was small businesses, giving you more of a local feel, giving you more of a personal touch, less commercial. No, I don't have anything against big businesses. I patronize them the same way you do. But small business gives it more of a local community, tight-knit feel. They're leaving quickly. And contrary to what Some people may be telling you they're not coming back. The university system. Our university system, which is now transferred to something not even un-American, flat-out anti-American. When's the last time you talked to a kid who just graduated college these days? I was listening to a new podcast the other day, as I oftentimes do. I try to dig for... For new ones, find new stuff, find new things I find to be interesting. You know, how businesses are made, history stuff, war stuff, all these things. And this was a very, very popular podcast. I'm actually not going to blast them right now because I think it just sounds like a couple of college kids, if not a little older. And I listened to three or four podcasts to make sure I got a good enough feel that I had an accurate view of it. Do you know how much they despised the United States of America and didn't really consider them. It wasn't a political podcast. It was the way they talked about it was not like you and I would argue about uh, politics, you know, high taxes, low taxes, spending, not spending. It was simply a matter of fact. Well, the United States is evil. I mean, let's just agree on that. It was that kind of talk all the time. Well, yes, we're a horribly racist country. And the reason I'm not blasting them is I don't blame young people for that now. Where do you think they get that? We send them off to government schools at the age of five or six until the age of 18, where they learn what about America? What do they learn? Maybe you're going through it right now. Maybe your kid is. What do they learn about America? Tell me. They learn about us slaughtering the Native Americans. They learn about the slavery They learned about the civil rights movement. And right about that time, you know what? I think we're done here. That pretty much is what America is. Then they head off to college, places like Harvard, that actually has commie Chinese spies being busted there. And then they put on the finishing touches about just how bad America sucks. Now, I want you to picture this. We are churning out 4 million college graduates a year. Four million a year are graduating from college. They're graduating from college in massive amounts of debt. They're graduating now into a society very much shifting, into a world that's very much shifting. And they're graduating 
in a country they've been taught to hate. Again, this isn't sexy. It's not the shiny object. It's not coronavirus. But how do you think that ends up? When you're churning out 4 million new college graduates a year that have been taught to hate the country where they live? Let me tell you how it ends up. It's the history of the world of great empires. At some point in time, a new generation gets churned out that hates where they live. And when you have that, that's not the end. It's the beginning of the end, though. We have much bigger fish to fry in the United States of America than coronavirus. And do you know how seriously Congress takes that? They just gave Harvard $9 million in coronavirus aid with that last bill they passed. That's how seriously they take that. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two, be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE that gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. Whether your pursuit involves a bachelor's, master's, or doctoral degree, GCU's learning environments are designed for supportive networking and collaboration. With over 330 academic programs, GCU provides a path to help you fulfill your dreams. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.